This podcast is proudly sponsored by Fastline Marketing Group. Fastline has been serving farmers and the ag industry for over 40 years and is in the name you can trust. Check out fastline.com for your latest equipment needs and fastlinemarketinggroup.com for their full suite of print and digital marketing capabilities. Fastline Marketing Group, the farmer resource and the marketing partner of choice for the agricultural community. Fastline.com. Spotlight. I'm Chrissy Wozniak. Today, we're going to be talking about an issue that we've been following closely here at North American Ag over the last two years, which has taken some twists and turns really over the last decade, um, but it is gravely important to farmers across the U.S. The WOTUS, or the Waters of the United States rule, and the implications of this ruling could determine the control a producer has over their own land. So joining me today from Washington, D.C. is American Farm Bureau's Senior Director of Government Affairs, Courtney Briggs. Welcome, Courtney, and thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Chrissy. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this very important issue. So can you uh, give us a little bit of uh, your background? Sure. So um, I have been working in Washington, D.C. for about 17 years, and I uh, cut my teeth on Capitol Hill working in the United States Senate. Um, and then after about six years there, I um, jumped to the private private sector to work for the National Association of Home Builders. And there I uh, worked on all environmental issues, ranging from Clean Water Act to Endangered Species to Clean Air Act issues. Um, and I have been at the American Farm Bureau Federation for the last um, year and three months. Um, and I am really focusing my work here on um, Clean Water Act issues, WOTUS predominantly, um, I work on conservation issues, um, so I, I stay very busy here. Yeah, I guess, sounds like. And uh, you've now joined 17 other organizations that have just filed a lawsuit against the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, challenging the Biden administration's final Waters of the U.S. or WOTUS rule. So first, let's get a little background on this. Can you explain the history and evolution of the debate, you know, starting from the Obama administration to the Trump administration and today with the Biden administration? So you you appropriately uh, described it in your introduction, the, the twist and turns of WOTUS, um, because we've seen a flip flopping back and forth of WOTUS regulatory definitions over the last several years. And really, this goes back to the inception of the Clean Water Act, because when Congress wrote the statute, they said um, they were going to regulate navigable waters, and navigable waters are waters of the United States. And then they stopped there. They did not clearly define what a water of the United States is. So therein lies the issue and the complication. So that leads leaves the authority to create a, a regulatory definition to the agencies, the EPA and the Army Corps. Um, and that's why we've been seeing this flip-flopping back and forth, because the opinion of what a WOTUS definition should look like changes with every administration. Right. So going back to the Obama administration, they put forward their um, 2015 rule, uh, which we found to be very expansive, um, really greatly expanding the federal government's reach over private property. And that was very problematic 
Um, and then we had the Trump administration come in. They offered their navigable waters protection rule. Um, and their interpretation um, provided a bright line of jurisdiction for landowners. And this is incredibly important for landowners to have that bright line because there are civil and criminal liabilities attached to Clean Water Act compliance. Wow. So that means that you can be fined um, exorbitant amounts of money for every day that you are in noncompliance, or you can go to jail. Um, so there are steep penalties, and that's why we really liked the, the we call it the NWPR, the Navigable Waters Protection Rule, um, because it clearly um, per, uh, eliminated jurisdiction over ephemeral features. Um, and when I talk about ephemeral features, I'm talking about areas on the landscape that have the ability to hold water after a rainfall. Um, right. So we're talking about ditches. We're talking about low spots in a farm field. Um, so when I talk about a low spot in a farm field, people are shocked to hear that that could potentially be regulated by the federal government, Right. that you could potentially have to go to the Army Corps of Engineers to get a, a Clean Water Act permit, um, which is, which is not an easy process. It is, it is long, mm. it is laborious. Um, there are many costs associated with it, and it's not just the cost of a permit. It is the cost of delay. It is the cost of mitigation. Um, so, and there are other federal, uh, statutes that are triggered once you, um, once you get a Clean Water Act permit, you could be subject to Section 7 consultation under the Endangered Species Act, which is also not an easy process to get to, to get through. You could be subject to review under the National Historic Preservation Act. Um, so we were, we were very happy when, um, the Trump administration came in and, and drew that bright line. Um, unfortunately, here we are again with a new administration. Um, President Biden's EPA has come in and, um, and repealed the, the NWPR, and they have put forward their version of uh, a WOTUS definition. And Chrissy, frankly, it's, it's very troubling. Um, like I said, that bright line, we need that clarity, we need that certainty, and this rule does not produce that. Right. Um, because it goes back to the use of a, it's called the significant nexus test. And this test came out of a 2006, uh, very convoluted uh, Supreme Court decision, um, Rapanos versus the EPA. It was a split decision. And um, this test essentially allows the Army Corps to assert jurisdiction on the landscape on a case-by-case -case determination. Wow. And that means that it is a very subjective test. Um, so you, you are beholden to whatever core official you, you, you get assigned. And um, the use of Signex allows the agencies not only to aggregate waters together so they can really expand their jurisdictional reach, but it also allows them to use terms like in the region or similarly situated or significantly affect that are so ambiguously defined that it gives the agencies the latitude to move in whatever direction they want to. Um, so this is very, very troubling for, for landowners, um, not just for farmers, but uh, all, all sorts of different um, industry, industry sectors will be impacted by this. Yeah. And so <clears throat> for us in the agriculture industry, 
we don't need any more variables, right? It's hard enough to produce food, but, and it just seems so obvious that a, a low spot in your field that fills up every spring when you have heavy rain, it's just a low spot. That's not waters of the United States, but it just seems so obvious to us, but why, why is the EPA doing this? Is there, is you have any insight there? Uh, well, there is considerable pressures um, from the environmental community, which is the the base of uh, you know who elected uh, President Biden, um, and you have these environmentalists out there saying, well, you know these low spots that they have a conne- connection to <clears throat> a, uh, a a, str- a nearby stream and can impact drinking water. Um, that is uh, certainly uh, not always the case. And there is another statute um, that we have called the Safe Drinking Water Act that is devoted to protecting our drinking water. Um, But to say that a low spot in a farm field that collects water after one rainfall and and frankly remains dry throughout the rest of the year um, is federally regulable is uh, really quite shocking. And that's why we've been in this this fight over the last several decades um, to find clarity here. Right. And thank you for that. And a year and a half ago, Zippy Duval stated, clean water and clarity are paramount. And that's why farmers shouldn't need a team of lawyers and consultants just to farm. So in my opinion, that rings truer today than it even did a year and a half ago. And what do you say to that? Well, I say under the Biden administration's rule, um, allowing that case-by-case determination uh, to survive um, will certainly require uh, landowners to rely on environmental consultants, attorneys, engineers, in order to uh, use their land. Um, You know, I've asked the agencies, how will a a farmer know if an ephemeral feature is jurisdictional on, on their property? And they tell me, well, a jurisdictional determination from the Army Corps of Engineers is free. So any landowner can go in and ask for a jurisdictional determination. What they don't uh, expose is the fact that getting through that jurisdictional determination process is very difficult. And like I said, you're beholden to to one person's decision. Um, So that is insufficient to us. Um, like you said, there's so many um, headwinds that our uh, industry faces, so much uncertainty. Um, this is an area where additional regulatory red tape is, is unnecessary and it's only hurting the producer. Um, so, you know, we have affordability issues in this country and the, these regulatory actions only exacerbate uh, the affordability issues. And, I, and I'm not just talking about food and fiber talking about affordable housing. I'm talking about affordable energy, transportation. Um, All of these sectors are going to be impacted uh, by the WOTUS definition. Right. Yeah. And, and how, how much more expensive can eggs get? (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) That that's really what, how it impacts the consumer, right? It's just food prices go up and up and up. If every farm needs a team of lawyers, who's paying for that? The consumer eventually pays for that. Yes. So that's why it's not just farmers here that need to speak up. It's also the consumer. So, yeah. So do you have any insight into uh, what's happening with um, the case uh, Sackett versus EPA? Sure. So um, 
a little bit of potential good news is that the Supreme Court uh, has heard oral arguments in a case called Sackett versus the EPA. And this case is, is all about WOTUS. Um, it, it goes back to some landowners in, in Idaho who were trying to build a home near Priest Lake. And um, the Army Corps came in and said, you know, cease and desist, you are filling in a wetland. And they used that significant nexus test um, that I talked about earlier um, to assert jurisdiction over this piece of property. Um, the Sackets had their own environmental consultants and, you know, disagreed with the decision from the Corps, and they decided to take legal action. And let me be clear, most landowners do not have the ability to do what the Sackets have done and, and take this to the legal courts. Right. Um, you know, this is time, this is money. Um, so, you know, we appreciate the fact that the Sackets have done this, but um most landowners do not have that luxury of being able to to fight these issues in in court. Um, so uh, the the Sackets have sued, and the question before the court is: Can you use the significant nexus test to assert jurisdiction? We feel, um, you know, and it's always hard to read the tea leaves on these uh, court cases, um, you know, especially after hearing oral arguments. Um, the, the justices, many of them don't like to show their cards too early, uh, on which direction they're going to go in. Uh, but we feel like with this court's makeup, um, and the confusion surrounding significant nexus, um, that the agencies are going to shoot down the use of this test in some fashion. Um, what that looks like, I, I don't know. Um, but I think it's very telling the fact that the Supreme Court decided to take this case because the Supreme Court only takes 1% of cases. Wow. And it is highly unusual for them to take a case where there's a pending rulemaking. And I think it's because the justices realize that there's so much confusion on the ground. They need to provide some sort of clarity, provide some sort of guardrails uh, for the agencies to, to, um, to, in order to rein them in, uh, in, um, not allow them to expand their regulatory reach. Right. Um, so it's hard to say exactly how that decision is, is going to come down. Um, we do expect a decision sometime in the next few months. Um, and it's very upsetting and we've been very critical of the agencies for moving forward with this rulemaking when, the court hasn't handed down that roadmap on how to use significant nexus. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a waste of government resources. It's introducing a new regulatory definition to landowners who are already experiencing a very convoluted permitting regime. Right. Um, so this makes, it, it, frankly, it defies logic um, that they would move forward with this rulemaking when the use of signex, which is, the cornerstone of their rulemaking is in question and will likely be shot down. That makes sense. Yeah. Thank you for explaining all of that. I know a lot of it, you know, you try to read through the cases and there's just so much, so much jargon. And yep. yeah, so, so that is a really great description of what's going on. And is there anything that we, the audience can do um, any, everybody is invested in agriculture, everybody, what can we do? Is there anything we can do to help? Yes, there is. Um, 
Well, once the, the high court hands down a decision in Sackett, um, the agencies are going to be forced back to the drawing board, and they're going to have to craft a new regulatory definition. Um, they recognize this. Um, it was printed in their, their unified agenda, which kind of maps out their work for, for the year. Um, in 2023, they have listed, um, they refer to it as re- refinements to the, the WOTUS definition, but they're going to have to do more than just refine, um, especially if Signex is, is completely shot down. Um, so it's important for, for farmers and ranchers to engage whenever AFBF is putting out a, a grassroots alert, whenever there is an open comment period, it is important that farmers and ranchers provide their voice and educate the agencies on how this is going to affect farming operations. Right. Um, so so that, that, that is paramount. I always tell folks, your elected officials, as you speak with them, bring this issue up, tell them your concerns. Um, because while Congress isn't um, really taking on this issue, they do a lot to buttress the work that we do at the regulatory level. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, Congress has oversight authority. So, um, you know, especially now with um, the Republicans taking over the House, um, there is an opportunity for uh, members of Congress to ask questions that the regulated community cannot ask. Um, so it's important that we continue to educate folks on on why uh, this is such an important issue and that's why I'm so glad that you're you're having this as a topic on on your podcast um, because I think a lot of folks don't recognize the impact that this will potentially have on agriculture mm-hmm. and uh, we need to be the vo- no one's going to tell our story except for us yeah. um, so so we need to do that yeah that's awesome and where can people find more information? If you go to our website, um, www.fb.org slash WOTUS, you can find more information um, and all all sorts of uh, talking points and materials um, that can be used. Wonderful. And I have one last question for you. Why do you do what you do? What is your passion in all of this? Oh, good good question. Well, you know, I, um, I kind of stumbled into this work. But as I started to learn more about it, it really became a, you know, a property rights issue. And, um, you know, I'm, I don't have a farming background, um, I, but I'm passionate about, uh, you know, letting landowners um, do what they want to do, produce what they want to produce um, on their land without the federal government coming in and dictating um, how they do it, when they do it, or if they can do it. Right. Um, so, you know, throughout my time working for, for home builders, throughout my time working for agriculture, um, these are hardworking people, mostly small businesses trying to comply with this, this regulation. And, um, I've realized the, the injustice and, and let me be clear. I, like our farmers, uh, very much care about the environment. I very much care about water quality. Um, our farmers, work and live in the same area. Um, so of course their priority is cleaning the environment, having clean water to use. Um, it, we're in a water dependent enterprise. So um, it, it is so important, but this heavy handed top-down 
uh, regulatory activity that we've seen time and time again um, is very concerning. And I think that uh, landowners deserve better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, great explanation. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Courtney. This is a big issue and I really appreciate your analysis. Yeah, no problem. Happy to do it. And thanks to all who are watching or listening. If you want more information, all the links are provided in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to North American Egg Spotlight on YouTube, Rumble, or Telegram channels, um, or Eggfuse. And the podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And have a great day. Our newest podcast by North American Ag is called What Color Is Your Tractor? The stories behind the ag brands you love and the ag brands you love to hate. Hosted by me, Chrissy Wozniak. We take a deep dive into the companies that have built modern agriculture. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Go to whatcolorisyourtractor.com. Available on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Fastline Auctions, the ultimate destination for online farm equipment auctions. Looking to list equipment? Fastline Auctions knows farmers, and farmers have trusted Fastline for their equipment needs for over 45 years. With unmatched digital reach and direct-to-farmer catalogs, they can find the right buyer for your equipment. Not to mention, they have the industry's lowest commission rates. And if you're looking for equipment to buy, you can bid with confidence. No buyer premiums, no reserves, just integrity. Fastline Auctions, your trusted platform for hassle-free, cost-effective farm equipment auctions. Visit fastline.com for more information. You can join us for a tour of the Fastline Auctions platform July 13th at 6.30 p.m. To register for this webinar, go to northamericanag.com slash fastline hyphen webinar. That's northamericanag.com slash fastline hyphen webinar to register now.